Welcome to the Walking in Purpose podcast, where we teach you how to discover your God-ordained purpose for your life and relationships. And I'm your host, Charles Wonsism. Now, let's get after it. Hey, hello, guys, and how are you people doing? Hope you guys are doing great. It's another wonderful day. It's a beautiful uh, Sunday here in the city of Calgary. Just want to bless God. You know, for keeping us alive, keeping us strong. And I know there are challenges out there, but our confidence is, is that our God would always, always see us through. So people just hang on, have faith. It is going to come to pass. I remember back in the days of old when the prophets would say, and this too shall pass. So this is only a phase, my people. This is only a phase. Whatever, it doesn't matter whatever you guys are going through right now. My prayer for you now is that this present phase that you are in, whether it's a a phase of disappointment or a phase of, you know, everything going wrong, by God's grace, it will get better. Just like Moses, when he was leading the children of Israel, he had the Red Sea in front. He had uh, the the, the Egyptians pursuing from behind. And what did he say? (laughs) He declared, he told the people, he said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So I'm telling you, my brothers and my sisters, stand still and see God fight for you. All right, my people. So it's it's a beautiful day. It's another wonderful opportunity, you know, to speak on this platform. We give God the glory for the platform that he has given to us to communicate with you guys using the means of this podcast. And before I go, I just want to use this opportunity to, um, you know, I recognize my grandfather. Uh, He just passed away um, just recently, sometime last week. And uh, yeah, it's it's a bit tough for the family. Uh, Now, we don't know how old he was, uh, but uh, yeah, he was born uh, around the period back home in Nigeria uh, when parents did not really keep a date or a record of when they were born. So nobody truly knows the age of my grandfather, uh, but I would reckon, um, based on my mom's age, I would reckon that he was probably about, you know, close to 90 years old. Uh, so uh, please pray for my family. Um, you know, pray for us. Um, there are burial plans on the way. And uh, yeah, so that that's it from me. So uh, let's go straight into this uh, beautiful topic I call this topic beautiful because I have been I have been meditating on it for a long time, and the first time I came about uh, this scripture in the Old Testament um, was uh, many years ago while as an undergraduate. But I just wanted to let you know something about starting strong. Um, before I go into today's topic, I just want to know how important it is to start strong in the year. Okay. Now, if you missed uh, my last episode on starting strong, you may want to refer to that uh, before listening to this message. And so, Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8 says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. So, the ending matters a lot. You can start strong, but then the question is, how will you end? I've seen many starting strong, starting in so much power in Christ, starting with the zeal, and along the line, 
they fell here and there into some temptations and some distractions and their end was not good. That is why God is telling us through his word in Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 8. He's reminding you that better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. So, like we all know, starting strong in Christ this year is important. But what is more important is maintaining that fire. So, ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of my topic or the reason for this topic here today I titled it, Maintaining Your Fire. So it is important to maintain your fire because it is that fire, it is that zeal for God and hunger and thirst for His Word and righteousness that will carry you through the end of the year and beyond this year. Now, you may have enough momentum to start. You know, just imagine runners in the Olympics when all of them are at the starting line. Everybody has momentum to start. You haven't spent energy, so you still have enough reserve energy. You see, you may have a great deal of zeal in the beginning, and you may also feel the power to do great things for God. But then, have you, you know, taken a minute to ask yourself how you can maintain this momentum, maintain this strength that you are starting with, just like the runners at the Olympics? But then, let's look into, you know, let's look a little bit deeper. What does it mean to maintain your fire? Let us take a car, for instance. You buy a brand new car. At first, it drives very well. It moves very fast. Everything is smooth and beautiful. Everything is new and in optimum condition because it is new. And over time, you begin to see that the efficiency of the car, you know, begins to decline over the months and the years. You see, that car started strong. It was vibrating with power and efficiency at first, you know, and ready to move with optimum speed. Now, but to maintain the efficiency of this vehicle, to keep it in an optimum state, you need to take it in for regular maintenance and checkups. Now, you maintain the fire of your vehicle by regularly following what we call, you know, a maintenance schedule of your car's manufacturer. In the same way, God desires that you maintain the fire you have for Him, that you maintain the zeal that you have for His Word, you know, and for worship and communion with Him. Now, and the maintenance schedule is always found in the Word of God. We all know there is always a maintenance schedule for some of the things we buy. When you go and buy a generator, for instance, there is a maintenance schedule telling you when to go for maintenance, how to do the maintenance of your item, and sometimes the maintenance manual will warn you that it must be done by a qualified personnel. The good news about maintaining your fire is that it is a do-it-yourself kind of activity because nobody will maintain your fire for you. You have to do it yourself. So let's continue that example. So, you know, I, I, I drive a car. <laughs> I wouldn't say the name, so don't, don't make me say it. So I, I drive a car 
and there is there, there is a maintenance schedule that tells me uh, when to you know take my car in for maintenance. Now my vehicles, uh, my vehicle manufacturer tells me to take in my vehicle when I hit thirty thousand kilometers, sixty thousand kilometers. 90,000 kilometers. So, of course, you get it. So, basically, every 30,000 kilometers, I have to take my vehicle in. Now, failure to take my car in for maintenance will result in a decline of the general health of my vehicle. The same zeal my vehicle started with when I bought it brand new will never be the same if I don't take it in. So, I'm believing I'm going to get the message. Now, the primary purpose for these manuals and this maintenance schedule is to help your vehicle run in very good shape. Likewise, God gave us this manual, the Bible, to help us maintain our fire, to maintain our relationship with God. It is the most comprehensive manual I know. And one of the most powerful reasons for this holy book is to help you maintain your fire in Christ. Help you live this life successfully. Help you live at optimum productivity. Now, my key text is taken from Leviticus chapter 6, verse 8 to 13. And it says, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it and the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches shall he put upon his flesh and take up the ashes which the fire had consumed with the burnt offering on the altar and he shall put them where beside the altar and he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry out the ashes to a place outside of the camp. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. And then finally he says, the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Now, I'm going to break down the scripture. I'm going to break it down for you to understand what God was saying. Now, where we just read was an instruction to God's children concerning how to maintain the fire on their altar. Just like God is telling you today how to maintain your fire. Now, when we look at verse 9, you see the purpose of the burning. It says, and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. Here you see God's desire for your altar. A continuous burning of the fire day and night. Now in verse 10, God shows us how to maintain this fire. Verse 10 says, And the priest shall burn on, shall put on his linen garments and his linen trousers he shall put upon his body and take up the ashes of the burnt offering which the fire has consumed on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. Now, here we see God asking us to take out the ashes from the altar. The altar is your life. 
The altar could be your family, could be your relationship. This altar can be, you know, your prayer altar. Could be the altar of the study of the word of God. God was telling the priest to take out the ashes from the altar. But there is a reason for that. And that is because ashes always reduce the conflagration of a fire. Now, I'll tell you a true story. When I was a child, my parents would always take me and my sisters, you know, to go see our grandparents in the village back home in Africa. And whenever I was in the kitchen with my grandma, I would sometimes always see her bend down to blow some air, you know, into the, into the firewood. And I would always wonder, you know, why would my grandma blow air to the firewood she was using to cook? Now, there was some fire cooking the food, but my grandma would blow air every now and then. It was not until I, you know, got a little bit older that I realized that my grandma was blowing that firewood, not necessarily to make the fire burn well. No, she was blowing the ashes away from the firewood so that it can burn very well. That was what she was doing. And it didn't hit me until, you know, some years later. Now, my grandmother understood that ashes do nothing but reduce the fire. In other words, you experience a better burning when the ashes are taken away or blown away from your altar. Very simple. God knows that the ashes on the altar of your life do nothing but reduce your fire, reduce your zeal for Him. Now, there are many Christians who could experience a greater form of fire if only they take away the ashes from their altars. Oh, yes. Now, you are burning for God, but that burning can get better if you take away the ashes of past burnings from your altar. Now, to show you the true nature of how ashes work, you can try this experiment. Take a heap, a good quantity of ash, and pour 100 million gallons of fuel. <laughs> but guess what? It will not light up. It will not burn. There are ashes of sin. There are ashes of laziness. There are ashes of gluttony, addictions. There are ashes of habits that reduce the efficiency of your fire. And you know them. From verse 10, we see where God wants us to place those ashes. Now, verse 10, he says, And he shall put those ashes beside the altar. I'll take that again. Now, God has a place for ashes. Ashes should not be on your altar. The ash of sin, fornication, the ash of pornography, these things. These ashes, Bible says in verse 10b, it says, and he shall put those ashes beside the altar. Now, that is the place for ashes. The place for the ashes, reducing your efficiency for God, is to be blown away, taken out, and placed beside your life, not on your altar. These ashes should not be found on your altar because of the potential these ashes have against maintaining your fire. It only reduces your fire. 
From the verse we just read, God commanded the ashes to be placed beside the altar. Simply because it, is, it has no business being on your altar. There is a place for sin. There is a place for, there's a place for pornography. There's a place for lies. There's a place for fornication and all the rest of them. And can you tell me, where would be the right place to put these ashes? Yeah, tell me I'm listening. Beside the altar, you are correct. You cannot live in sin and expect to burn for God efficiently. You cannot live in sin and expect that that ashes of sin will help your fire. It cannot help your fire. And you cannot live in sin and think you are maintaining your fire. One of the biggest purposes for this message is to remove those ashes from the altars of your life so that you can burn well for God. Now, the purpose of maintaining the fire can be found in verse 12. And verse 12 says, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. It is God's desire that we burn for him throughout the year and beyond. And the only way to do this is by making sure that there are no ashes on your altar. Of course, because you know what ashes will do for you. It only reduce your zeal for God. For some of us, we need to revive the altar of prayers. It's been long since you worshipped God. You need to dust off those ashes so that your altars can burn alive again. Now, reading verse 12 further, it says, And the priest shall burn wood on the altar every morning. Now, my people, this act confirms God's commitment to your maintaining your fire. Notice it says, You will burn wood on your altar every morning. It shows your commitment to maintaining the fire on your altar every day. This means regular study of the word of God, regular worship, regular prayers, regular communion with the Holy Spirit. All of this will help you maintain your fire when you do this every morning or regularly. Finally, verse 13 says, A fire, I'll take that again, A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Now, that is God's promise. That is God's plan for maintaining your fire. Following every action we discussed earlier in this episode will ensure that your fire keeps burning. It will also ensure that you maintain your altar. And please remember, for a better burning, you have to remove the ashes of past burnings from your altar. And just like my grandma, blow the ashes away from the firewood. Remember, nobody will help you maintain your fire. The maintaining of your fire is your responsibility. Not your church, not your pastor, not your friends and family. 
This is a do-it-yourself DIY activity. I'm sorry. It is time to grow up. There is work to be done on maintaining the fire on your altar. And like I've said before, nobody's going to do that for you. Even the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Walk out your own salvation. Did not say, walk out your community's salvation. No. Did not say, walk out your boyfriend's salvation. No. It says, walk out your own salvation. There is work for you to do. And the work of maintaining the fire on your altar, the work of maintaining the fire and the zeal for God is your responsibility. And what is that work? Removing the ashes and making sure that you have wood, just like we read. And the priest, which is you, for Bible says, for we are royal priesthood. So it's referring to you. For you, the priest, will burn wood on your altar every morning. Because if you don't burn this wood on the altar, there will be no fire. So you have to maintain this. And how do you maintain the fire? How do you get the wood? It's by studying of the word of God. The word of God is fire itself. And like I've said before, the more fire you take in, the more the darkness recedes because the word of God is also light. So this is something you have to do yourself. You have to work it out. You have to do it yourself. Oh yes, we can pray for you. We can, you know, lift you up in prayers. We can, you know, help you with Bible studies. But the problem, but the truth of the matter is, the crux of the work will have to be a personal thing. You have to do it yourself. And like I said, your church, your prayer meetings, your night vigils, and your church activities will not do it for you. You have to let go of the noise around you. And praise God, I'll be talking about noise in my next episode because there's so many distractions out there. I'll be teaching you how to stay focused on God and on His Word and to let go of the distraction and noise. Okay? That'll be my next episode. So now, you have to let go of the noise around you so that you can focus on maintaining your personal altar. Your work with God is a personal experience. God did not call the crowd. God did not call your mom or your dad. God called you personally for him, to live for him and to worship him. It's a very, very serious matter. The work of maintaining your fire. You have to do it yourself. You have to be prepared every morning to go find wood. And as the wood is burning, you are blowing away the ashes of sin. Praise God. And I hope that this message has at least showed you one or two things about maintaining your fire. And you may be here and you know those ashes that need to go. These ashes do nothing but reduce your zeal, reduce your efficiency. For some of you, it is the ashes of, of, of unprofitable friends. Now, just, just test God in this one thing. Once you let go of these distractions, these ashes of distraction, you let go of these friends that, are, that only talk about partying and sex and boyfriends and drinking and orgies. Once you let go of these people, these ashes, you would see that the fire on your altar will burn even more efficiently, brighter. Trust me. I'm, I'm a real life example 
of what letting go of some of these things can do. You become a more on fire for God. And, and, and you may be a pastor listening or maybe a leader in the church. The only way to burn brighter and more efficiently for God is for you to let go of these ashes. These ashes will do nothing for you. I want us to pray. You may be here and you know these ashes that need to go. Mine was pornography. That was one of my ashes. And look at me today, I'm burning even more than ever before for God. So I have so much zeal and energy because I let go of these things. And from me to you, I'm telling you, just try this, even if it's just for one week. Once you let go of these things, you would see yourself, you would see that hunger for God come back. The fire on your altar, just like the fire on my own altar right now, is burning for God. I have not gotten there. I still have issues in my life. But God takes me through the process one after the other. I have success in this area. And that's why I needed to share this with you guys. Share these messages with friends, with family members. You can even share it with your church pastors. Let them see what it means to maintain the fire based on the scripture. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for my listeners today. I give you all the glory and all the praise. I lift up everyone listening. I don't know why Letitia is coming to my mind, but Letitia, if you are listening, God wants to help you. And I pray for every one of you right now that you will receive the strength and the grace to burn wood every morning. That you receive the strength and the grace to find time to worship, to find time to let go of these ashes, to let go of these friends, to let go of distractions. Oh, I pray for strength for you today, my listeners. I pray for grace upon your life right now. And I pray for healing and for deliverance. For everyone with Suicidal tendencies, today the word of God is speaking to you clearly. You will be delivered. To all those who are presently in sickness and in illnesses and going through struggles in areas of their lives, right now I pray for strength for you. Receive your deliverance in the name of Jesus. The devil will have no hold over you, over your life, over your family, and over your finances. To God be the glory. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank for this word of prophecy and I give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, Next week, my wife will be bringing another wonderful episode to you guys. So please uh, tune in, listen, share with friends. You know, send us the emails. We appreciate them. Send us the comments. We love them. Take care of yourself until I, you know, talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. God bless you. And I'm sure this message has blessed you as much as it has blessed me. Please like, subscribe, share, and leave a comment to let me know how you've been blessed by this message. Or if you'd like to email us, you can do so by writing us at info at walkinginpurpose.ca. Also, don't forget to follow our Instagram page, which is at walkinginpurposepodcast, and also share with as many as the Holy Spirit leads you to share with. God bless you and I'll see you next week.